Seattle. So at this time, I'm going to call up Yvonne. Can you give a hand for Yvonne G as she's going to come up for our home base as our special speaker? All right, guys. Um, I have some trivia for you. And the first thing is, did you know, how, how many of you would guess for tweens how much time they spend on using their screens or screen time? How much time does a tween, like a 10 to 12-year-old, spend a day on the screen, whether it's the TV, the laptop, their iPad? Six hours. Oh, that's close. That's close. All right. Well, it's actually four and a half hours per day. That's the average per Common Sense Media. But um, six hours is actually pretty right on because Common Sense Media tends to be a little on the lower curve. It may be in more tech-savvy areas like here or in the metropolitan area, screen time is actually much higher. But in across the board, it's about four and a half. How about teens? Your teenagers. They're actually seven hours per day. So altogether, American children spend more time on their devices watching screens than they do at school. That includes, well, does it, that's a good comment that some of it does include homework. So now that you know on the average what, what kids are doing, how about what the American Academy of Pediatrics say, at least currently? If you're under two, zero. So uh, those kids and tall, and I'm guilty. When Gabe was a toddler, he, <laughs> he, he watched a lot of iPad, <laughs> so, uh, especially when we were at the restaurants. So how about when they're over two? What's the, what's the limit? Two. That's right. Priscilla. Ding, ding, ding. So, oh, oh, Diana. Okay. So it's no more than two hours per day. Okay. And then what are the challenges we're seeing so far? How about anyone have any guess of what are the challenges? You tell me. You're all parents. Hmm. They won't stop. So some, some various forms of device addiction. I think you've heard that before. How about the other things that, the, so that, see, like using digital media and using these devices, there's a lot of good things, but there's some, like, scarier things. What are some of the scarier things? Okay, I'll make it easy. How about cyberbullying? So a lot of cyberbullying going on with all the social engagement or interaction. How, um, inappropriate content. So I have a young kid. I worry about inappropriate content all the time. Like, no, not, not right, not right. It's too young. Things like that are more for uh, mature content or like maybe it's um, adult or violent content. The, so there's online predators. So those are guys that actually go lurk in those social networks to pretend to befriend your kid. And I won't, I won't get you started on that one. Um, there's poor time management. We talked about that just now. Like they're, used, they're spending it. They won't stop, right? Uh, there's things when you go into your teens, they go into sexting. And there's, I've heard lots of stories about sexting there. Um, social development. So kids are distracted. They're too focused to engage in person. You're like, what's going on? I, I think, what are they going to do when they're adults and they can't have a conversation in person, like face-to-face? And one of the fears I saw, or at least when I was traveling around, and I saw how these devices early on, like in Asia, like, if you sit in the subway, they're all on their phones. And not surprisingly, we're all on our phones. So where, what's that going to look like 20 years from now when these kids are more grown? And then there's the surprise online purchases. So when you have a young kid 
and they buy a whole bunch of in-app. You call, they, you give them an app, and they buy all these things within the app because you didn't lock it down. So there's there's those surprise online purchases. And on, on the other side of it, there's accidental malware downloads. So if you they're tapping around, they're clicking, and then they click they click down and they click in a pro, they click in like a little software that's hidden and next thing you know there's your your computer's vulnerable your device is vulnerable and your identity is at risk cuz that's why there's malware flying around and there's things like cyberbullying i talked about that before but there's also oversharing when they share way too much that puts you at risk not just oversharing from from your privacy standpoint but oversharing where they actually share too much where you can actually put you're leaving breadcrumbs for that. You're, you're leaving breadcrumbs for someone to come to your house and maybe break in. Or you, do you really want the world to know where you live? So th- those are the things that um, we see. So um, I'm going to send you guys these slides afterwards. So you'll see, you'll have a record of what you're seeing. And they vary by age range. Obviously, inappropriate is more for younger kids. But, but sexting is, you won't see it with your younger kid, I hope. <laughs> um, but uh, oversharing could happen anywhere. Downloading malicious software could happen anywhere. Things like cyberbullying and sexting are actually things that you see with your older kids as well. The, the things that what we can do, um, we talked about this a few years ago, but I, I broke it down into nine, eight, eight, four actually, I simplified it, to seven things. The first is you have to be engaged. You have to talk to each other, and you have to talk to your child about this. You have to talk about it as a family. That you can't just ignore the elephant in the room. You can't go, hey, I'm going to take this device away and just take it away. You have to, you have, to have this engagement with them to understand what's going on and, and talk to them about, okay, let's, let's set some boundaries in here. And that comes back to understanding, helping the child understand that there are some rules that you have to put in, some restrictions that you have to put in, or some of the dangers that happen when they're online. And you'll have to cater your content or how that discussion based on how old your child is. And the sooner you start this, the better. Don't wait until they're 12. Don't wait until they're 13. You got to start when they're, they're younger, like five or six. The minute you let them have these devices, that's when you start having those discussions. The other piece is educate yourself. So um, this, I used to be the product manager for a product called Norton Family. It was a parental control family safety software. It was part of my life for a good four or five years um, when I spent, when I was a product manager at Symantec. And one of the things as a product manager, we had to learn the industry. So I knew so much about family, like digital media, some of the challenges that are there, the dangers are there. And I, I could tell you stories that would probably worry you and leave you. And I swore to myself because Gabe was born right around the time we launched our version one. And I could hear all the dangers and I went, Oh my gosh, Gabe is so never getting a text. He's never getting a phone, number one. Um, he's never going to get a device, number two. And I'm going to lock that thing down. <laughs> and I realize now, years later, that you can't. You, you, can't, you can't prevent them. Because these, tool, these, there, these items, these devices, in digital media, there's a lot of good. And there's a lot good for the development side. But it, it requires us to be aware and educated. So educate yourself. American Academy of Pediatrics in coming October will release new guidelines. So they've acknowledged that two hours isn't quite enough. 
uh, two hours is too little. What about, like you said earlier, um, what about the kids who use their devices for homework? There's a lot, a lot going on. So what is appropriate? What about these educational apps? Does that count as screen time? So they, they're going to provide more guidelines. And really, the theme around those guidelines high, highlight use as appropriate. Use appropriate. In your home, designate areas that are media-free. Like basically in this area where we're not going to use devices, this is or during certain times of the day or week, these are no no media, no devices at the table. Checking your devices when you go to bed so that they don't go into, they don't end up in your bedroom and the kids are not watching videos or chatting in, at 2 a.m. in the morning when they should be sleeping. The other piece of educating yourself, you have to be aware of what, what's going on. So what, not only what American Academy of Pediatrics are saying, but what are the stats? What are the trends? And there are some good sites to follow that. There's a site called Common Sense Media. I shared that earlier. They actually are awesome. They're a nonprofit. They're based in San Francisco. I would go work there if I could. Um, they rate the content for you. So all the media that, they, that kids consume, whether it's through apps through movies, through games, they actually rate it, and they give you what's age appropriate, what's um, and why, along with where, what's the education re educational relevance of it. Does is this app have any merit from an educational standpoint, or is it just pure entertainment? So those are really cool. They, so they do media, they do music, they do movies and film as well as apps, and and it's free. There's an app that you can download from Common Sense Media that helps you. So before you decide to go see that movie as a family or let the child go see that movie with some friends, you understand where what that movie's about and you, you learn and see whether it's age appropriate. That's part of educating yourself. And then there are tools. So um, there's a bunch of software out there and it gets pretty complicated. There's um, software that you can install on these devices and those, those can be managed from your device or from your computer. And um, there's, I'll provide those links to there. There's also software that you can install at home, like connected to your Wi-Fi router. And this soft, the, all these tools that they have really give you a visibility of what's going on. You could, you could be, as you can customize it, or th I call it throttling, to where you can monitor and see what's going on. You can actually enforce time limits, say from this time, these days, like from. Three, for Monday from 3 to 5, you can only see these sites that are approved or go to these sites that are approved because they, they're allowed for homework, but no Facebook, no t Instagram, no Twitter, or whatever the, uh, what was it, whatever it is. You could also monitor and see what apps are downloaded and used by your kids. Um, there, so there's a lot of things that you can um, do. And you could set time limits, too. That's my favorite. That says... You're at your two-hour limit for the day. That's it. And um, your child can usually submit a request or a protest and go, but mom, I need, I need another 30 minutes to finish. And you could actually grant that access right away. And what's cool is that all the software, when we first launched Norton Family, we were one of the few that could do it. Now they all do it. So that's the cool thing. Um, I've in, we'll send you slides later that has a list of the tools that are my, the ones I've looked at and reviewed or at least tested in my in my past life it's been a few years but definitely take a look and keep an eye and think about what's appropriate for you at home the other piece about that what you do at home you should also make sure that you know, the friends that you hang out with the families you hang out with you're all consistent so um, because what usually happens is you may lock down at your house they'll just go next door 
or they'll go or they'll swap devices. And those are the those are the little tricks and gets around. And you should also be aware of what's going on at school and talk to your school to find out. Talk to your principal. Talk to the teachers. See what they're doing. Odds are they've got what's called web filtering in there. So all that inappropriate sites are blocked down. But they'll let them chat. They may let them chat. Some schools let their kids have the devices. Some schools have their kids just check in, um, check in the devices and leave them at the desk in the beginning and, and let them have it during recess. Every school is different. And I, unfortunately, there's no laws or rules or regulations. The only laws or rules or regulations are really around um, what I would say, um, basically seeing inappropriate content because it's illegal for children to see porn. And if these kids are seeing porn at school, then that school can get shut down. Okay? Any questions so far? Hey, Erica. Okay. All right. So the other piece that's a very helpful tool is when you, before you give them that device, you create a covenant, an agreement. And in that covenant, it covers base, what I call house rules. And what are the agreements for having this device? And that, and when you build that covenant, everyone's different. There are sample ones that I gave you links for, but it covers the areas of what, when can you use it? Where can you use it? How can you use it? And what are the consequences if those rules are broken? And that, that is really an, a tool for you to have a discussion with your child about it. And it's not a surprise like, oh, my gosh, Mom, you're not being fair to me. Well, actually, this is an agreement. This is, this is something that you have um, to do. And this helps you be that parent. And, and it works really well for the older kids. The other piece is um, for the kids who have – how many of your, your kids are on social media? like Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram. And I, I've, I've lost track of all the other ones. But for those that are doing that, um, you should follow them like a friend, but don't stalk. So be their friends on Facebook. You should follow and see their activities, but don't. Um, and it's really more to be engaged and be aware of what's happening. The other thing you should know that is some kids have multiple profiles. It's pretty easy to create. Uh, one profile that's friended with mom and dad, and there's another one that they don't tell you about where all the other side comes out. <laughs> so uh, just be aware of that, and that's where tools like the, the parental control software that I talked about helps you. But what really, coming back to it, um, the, these other profiles, there's really not much you can do to lock, I would say, enforce it on a technical side. It's really about having that conversation and engaging with them and building that trust because and the sooner you start when they're younger, the better you are. So if you try to start it at 13 or 14, it's pretty, pretty difficult to build in that trust and behavior. And odds are they're going to create a profile that's just for mom and dad's eyes. And then they'll have another profile for their friends and you won't be as, you won't be as aware as what's going on. Um, when I say follow like a friend, it's okay. Be, be cool like a friend. Don't, don't go on and post embarrassing comments and say, oh, yeah, I remember that, or post embarrassing pictures of them when they're babies, or um, really just just keep an eye. I would call it lurking, keeping an eye, keep an eye on what's going on. And if you see something that happens that you're a little concerned about, have that discussion offline, not online in front of all their friends, please, because otherwise they're going to figure out how to get you off that and unfriend you. The other piece is... Um, Exploring and sharing, celebrating. So the, 
the book, Right Click, is actually a very good book, and I wish we had more time to go through it. I would recommend go, meeting with your home group and going through it as a group, as a home group, or meeting with other friends who are, or other families who are in your same um, friends with your kids and going through it together because it really gives you an understanding of what's the motivation of why kids are do, are online and consuming so, social media, why are they doing such digital media, why are they so engaged. And it was a really, what, what struck me was, yeah, I'm coming in from the side of, okay, there's the dangers of the world and all these things, and this is scary and it's crazy, but there's the other motivation. Why do we, why are we using as adults, why are we, why do we love Facebook? Why are we texting with our friends? And it's really coming down to the social side of it. They're actually building relationships. They're actually engaging. They're having fun. They're building that. And when back in our day, it was the Air Jordans. It was the music that we listened to. It, that was what was cool. That was what was talked about in the cafeteria. And that was what talked about in the in the after-school playgrounds, well, it's, it's actually for them the social media that, or the media that they're seeing on their devices that they're talking about, the media that's being created. So back then we had slam books. Now they have Facebook. So they have apps that do these. So they just, they just took it to a new plane or a new area to discuss. But what that doesn't mean is that you don't be aware of that and, and you just need to continue to explore and share and talk. The last piece um, I would say is that you have to be a role model. So what does a role model mean? Meaning if you tell your kid to not have devices during your meal, then you shouldn't have your device during the meal. If you say, hey, we're watching a show or a family movie together, let's not bring the devices, then you shouldn't be sneakily looking at the sports score um, while, while watching that movie. If you're if you say, hey, my home, everyone locks down. So uh, a couple of my old engineering buddies who helped create the product, we, ha we did it old school before Norton family came around. We checked in all the devices in the kitchen at night. So all your devices, the charging stations were in the kitchen. No devices to the bedroom. And basically the parents all agreed, we're, we're not bringing our tablets in, we're not bringing our phones in, so that we set that example. And it was actually kind of hard, <laughs> but it was actually a good point because we were being examples. The other thing was during meals, if we're having family meals and you've got some looming work, something or the other, and it's thinking in the back of your head, I got to check that email, I got to do that. We actually left our devices away from that during the meal, even when we were out and just ignored it. It just sat in the bottom of my purse or it was at the charging station so that we could be engaged as a family. Um, the other pieces, you, you actually are that role model. So when you look at your devices and how you use those devices, your kids are actually watching you and seeing what you're doing. Gabe's made some amazing observations with me and Bill. And I'm a little embarrassed to say, like, Mommy, why are you always on that phone? And it's, well, I'm checking work email, but he doesn't know that. He just sees me on my phone. So it's something to be cognizant about, knowing that your kid, when you're around and your kids see you on your devices, you have to be that good role model. I'll stop. Do, are there any questions? Okay. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, um, back in the day, it was about a couple of years ago, kids started getting their cell phones around 13, although I'm hearing more and more around 8 or 10. Um, they're, now, they're, it's partially because there's capitalistic or um, marketing opportunities for 
for parents, especially working parents or busy parents for the kids wanting to stay attached to the parents. And it's just an opportunity to communicate. I will say that there's age appropriate devices out there that you can get. So if you want that phone for your kid, there's a cool little watch phone that um, for your smaller kid that they can wear and you can limit who they can call and text to. And it's an improved set of numbers and they can't do anything else. And that, and it's pretty, it's like $10 a month to add onto your phone bill. The, the, the watch is about a hundred dollars. I'll, I'll add it to the deck to send it out. But in terms of the iPhones and the I, um, when do I hand down my old iPhone or when do I hand down my old Android? I've seen it everywhere. It, it started get, it's starting to get prevalent around fourth grade all the way to sixth grade, all the way to junior high. And really that's, that's up to you to see what's appropriate. Cause I can, there are plenty of use cases where you could say, well, I'm, I'm a busy parent. I'm, I'm working and I need my kid to, to get a hold of me if something happens right away. My ride didn't show up, the kid's ride didn't show up or they got abandoned or whatever the case is. And, um, so it is helpful to have that emergency phone. You're going to need to think about it. Um, before you buy that device, uh, make sure you check with the school and see what the policy is and see if it's okay to bring to school because it does pr provide a distraction in the classroom and parents and teachers are going bananas about that. So um, they, they use the devices to talk to each other during class or look up things when they're trying to take tests and it's just, it's make sure you check with the school and see what their guidelines are. Personally, I wouldn't give, um, I, I plan on not giving Gabe his own cell phone until he's like 13, 14. Um, and then he's old enough, I think, to handle it. Uh, yes, 13, yes. I'm dreading that day, though. So, And I'm going to lock that thing down. But, yeah. Yeah, Alvin. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. We should, we should, where's Yan when you need him? Where's Monty when you need him? Um, we, we need our pediatricians in the house. That's actually part of that study that American Academy of Pediatrics is doing. Um, so this October, they did a preview last September of what the recommended time for screen time was, and it was more than two hours. But they also set aside, they did studies of the impact on social development. They also did studies in terms of brain development or emotional development. I didn't see any um, links about eyesight impairment, like the, the impact on eyesight, although that's a very good cause. I'm fortunate I'm not a medical doctor, so I can't comment. But I do know that it, it may, it'll probably come out in October, their full, their full gamut of what, what the recommendations are, what are the implications. But um, in terms of screen time, I wouldn't be surprised if their eyes got worse um, faster, although we won't know until later because the kids, the, these, remember these devices, these tablets, these smartphones, they, they just came out within the past 10 years. Kids started having it within the past 10 years. We probably won't know what happens to them until maybe 10 years from now. So that, that's the thing. We're on the cusp of it all. Any other questions? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's COPA. So privacy, there's a, okay, let, let me just share one thing. There's a rule called COPA, and it's illegal for children under, 18, under 13 to have their own email address. And you need an email address to create an account, like Facebook or Instagram. So they have to be 13, at least 13. Now, a lot of parents have already, and I know I did, when Gabe was born, we created a Facebook account for him and used some dummy email address that I'm, I'm the keeper of. I technically broke the law, although he hasn't been using it. So to, those are the things to keep in mind. There's privacy implications, and the reason why they had that COPA law is because kids are so susceptible when they're little to marketing. So if you let these kids online with all the sites that are there with the free ads and whatnot, they're going to be susceptible to that advertising. They're going to they're not have the best judgment for that, not to mention the, the social risks of talking to strangers online and not being able to what do you mean I can't trust that person online? I've been talking to them every day. I trust them. You don't know who's behind that computer who's talking to you. That's the reality of it. Um, there, That book, Right Click, is actually a really good discussion tool. There's, there's a chapter along with discussion questions afterwards, and it is meant to be discussed as a group. So I think that's a good suggestion, Priscilla, where we have follow-up meetings or maybe plan for a, different, a longer discussion session about that. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Well, that might be. COPA is pretty... Uh, well... The, what could have been, what could have happened was the school did a deal with Google, and it was an educational deal. And for those accounts, there's no advertising. For using Google Docs and Google um, Google, Google Docs, there was no there was no advertising there because that's why COPA, COPA laws came in effect was because hey, don't advertise to my kid because I don't want because there's a lot of implications from that. So I think that's how Google got around it and got the exception, but um, it's it's a good call there. But if your child goes in and makes, if you allow your child to go in and make a rent, you might have also signed a waiver or an agreement in the in the beginning, say, I give permission or I give exception to it, and that probably that's probably how Google worked it out with the government too. I can look into it. That's a good. Yeah, you should see if they if they can go anywhere else using that Google that G, Gmail account. If they can sign up for other services using that Gmail account. Yeah. Minecraft too. No. It's it happens everywhere. So 
that's exactly it. So not only with the tools that you have for the software, setting up profiles on your accounts, on your Macs and your or your laptops, as well as your tablets. So Android allows you to set multiple accounts in there. I think iOS lets you uh, set up multiple accounts so that you could say, uh, this account, they're only, and use the OS, I call it the operating system restrictions, use those restrictions and say, lock down that iOS account. They cannot see sites that have been classified as this not appropriate for age range, blah, 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 blah. Apple is not as tight as Android or Windows, just so you guys know. Um, Apple's finally getting engaged. They're starting to add that, but Apple has put in some time limits. That's why it's helpful to use some uh, parental control software like uh, their Circle with Disney, which is a really easy to use tool. You plug it in for your house, and then your house, you set up rules and profiles for all the devices and all the kids logging in, and boom, you've got it. So you've got a 15-year-old, you've got a 10-year-old and a five-year-old, you have appropriate rules because of what stage your child's in and your own set of rules too. Um, now, what happens is if that device leaves that house and goes to another house, like next door, it's not gonna work. So it works in your house, but it doesn't work next door. That's where you may consider using endpoint software and software that you actually install on every device um, that's locked down, that can't be tamper-proof. Um, things like Norton Family or NetNanny or MobiSip allows you to do those things, and those allow you to monitor. So regardless of where they go, now um, it's a little harder to do to manage all that software, but uh, they it's getting better and better every time. So um, that's one of the things, and I'm happy to help too. So it, it's those are, those are the things that I would recommend. But for 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 your house, easily. What really helps is if you all decide to do it. So if you all decide to get some type of you and your friends, so not just your, your kids' friends and the parents and having that discussion as a community, saying, hey, we as a community want to keep our kids safe. If my kid goes to your house, what are your rules? How are you going to let them go? And that, that really, it's a tough discussion to have with the other parents, but it's a fair discussion. Say, hey, we're going to do this in our house. Would you consider doing it in your house? And then that way, they will have a really hard time trying to, trying to get, um, trying to go, go find that house. Okay. But Priscilla, your suggestion and, and highlighting the case where you think in a Christian household, you would think that it wouldn't happen and you would think it's innocuous, but it, it can happen to anyone. Um, it, when I was product manager for my product, uh, we, we got to see all the search terms kids used and we broke it out by gender and age. And I'll never forget this because we did this every year. Um, what the number one search term for five-year-olds, sex and boobs and penis and the colorful words are tied to that. And it only, and usually the top search terms as they moved up in age, all tied to all those things, all things associated with it. So it does happen. And it was enlightening for me to say, oh, my gosh, a five-year-old kid is thinking about this. And it's because they hear about it. It's everywhere. And what are you going to do? They're curious. So that's why it's very important for you to educate yourselves, to be aware, and also to have those discussions um, with your kids about these devices. And my nephew, so I'll tell a real-life story. My nephew is 10. He has gotten way into Minecraft my brother, we're, we're a Christian. My brother's Christian. His wife's Christian, so they're a Christian house. Why? Well, I, I came over a couple, like during the holidays, and I said, "Hey, what's what's going on?" And there's my ten-year-old nephew, 
engrossed in the Minecraft game. And he's talking to all these people. I'm like, who are you talking to? He goes, I don't know. People play it in Minecraft. And like, and one of the things in my back of my head was, we really need to lock down on these social networking games because you cannot prevent who your kids are engaged with. And sh- and I know, I, I know because I know that some of those kids that are pretending are, some of them are legit friends, my son, my nephew, but I know there are a bunch of strangers out there and I'm betting money that one of them is a predator. I will bet my whole paycheck, I will bet my salary on that. that and what they do is they go in there and they play the games with the kids they engage and try to be cool, and then they say, hey, let's meet up. And then they go, and kid says, okay, or let's go meet up. And next thing you know, the kid's meeting up at some safe place after school, and this is a 10-year-old kid, right? And uh, then, I, I, yeah, it's pretty scary. So the, you got to be careful. You really, really got to be careful with on any type of screens that you do. Any type of, you have to know where they're going so that you can stay safe and have those discussions. I wouldn't say restrict, because if you restrict, then they miss out a whole world of benefits. But I would say you need to, you need to be diligent about it. Yes, Godfrey? Yeah, yeah, they they're actually looking for for the for those um, human trafficking, the predators. They they actually look for for child, women or girls that are they have low self esteem or they've been bullied at school and they're just trying to belong. At the core of it, and this is where right click is actually very helpful, is that you understand the motivation because a lot of it at the core is the kids want to feel accepted, they want to feel loved, they want to feel like they belong, and they don't want to be that kid that is tied back to being bullied. They don't want to be the odd man out and they don't want to be the uncool kid. So imagine yourself back in that time, except now it's, now it's happening online. So, and how do you, how do you help with them that? And how do you help your kid not be that online bully? How do you help them to be a friend instead of that bully? It's up to us to teach them that. And that's why it's good to have these guidelines. It's good to read. It's good to educate so that you're aware so that there's no predators out there. You can't stop everything, but you can help with your kids, and hopefully your kids can help the other kids too. Okay, I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna turn this over. I will send you the links and spreadsheets out um, with my presentation with all the resources. And if you have any more questions, you can find me. You'll know how to find me. So. I just want to thank Yvonne a lot and thank you guys. The only reason we're shutting this down is because we promise you that home base will end. Um, you know, in half an hour. So uh, Yvonne has said she has a little bit more time. I, um, can you take that for me, Nancy? If I have a, a uh, just keep that for a second. I have a brochure for you, or a, what's this called? Survey for you, Whole old school hard copy. Um, click or check any that apply. Uh, the one that says I would like to have a follow-up gathering to continue discussion on media and the family in three to six months. Add in if you want a short-term small group to do this. 
Okay, I didn't write that down, but I should have. So if you, if you, Yvonne is recommending, I, if it comes to media, I do what Yvonne says. Let's just get that straight. Um, and so she's recommending that we have a small group. I will organize that. It would be like, I don't know, probably a Sunday right after church with some sort of schedule for maybe four weeks looking at how thick this book is. I haven't read this whole book. Right, we do four to six weeks, okay? And maybe we wouldn't do four to six straight weeks. I'd have to look at the church calendar. But if you want that, write that down, okay? Please, everybody fill this out. Um, I'm going to pray for us. I have two hard copies of this book, and I would like to offer you, uh, two of you are going to get either a hard copy or a um, soft copy. You can also buy it in soft copy to go to your device, <laughs> So, um, so two of you, Nancy's going to pull, uh, after you fill out the survey, your name's on it, then Nancy's going to gather those all up, then she's going to pull it out just like a raffle, and then two of you get to choose hard copy or soft copy, okay? Um, I guess the last thing I want to say, I always feel a little bad because probably we've scared you today. Um, and I feel bad when I scare parents and I feel bad when I scare little kids, um, but I guess that's what I would like to leave you with. All of the techno stuff Yvonne said is super genius. Do what she says. In addition to that, especially if you're someone like me and your kids, by the time they're 10, are way ahead of you media-wise, you still are the parent. You can talk with them. You can pray with them. You can have a strong relationship with them in all the old school ways. And those are indicators for them to be safe online and everywhere else. The other thing I would recommend is, and I, I know some of you, and I know you hate it when I say this, but be the one to bring up the hard topics with your kids. Close your bathroom door, look at yourself, and say sex, penis, sex 20 times, and you can do it without being read, and then bring it up. Be the one that says, hey kids, did you know there are sex traffickers in the world? Did you know that sometimes people, even in Oakland, take kids? That's why I freak out if you don't answer me when I call you. It's a little bit scary, but you can make them a little scared and then make them feel safe all in one conversation. You do not want them to find out about sex trafficking online, right? And kids are developmental. The reason that the, the search engine for five-year-olds is sex is because since time began, that has been what kids have wanted to know. But when I was little, we looked it up in a dictionary. When I was in third grade, I got sent, I personally got sent to the office because me and some friends were in that big class dictionary in the back of the room looking up sex and penis, right? But there was no, like there was a few lines of text, big trouble we got in. But it's that same developmental thing. Your kid is not weird. Your kid is not messed up. The world, the world is pretty messed up, but your kid is not messed up. Okay, let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are sovereign, that you are with us, that your reach is greater and deeper and wider than even the web. Thank you, Lord, that as we pray your mercy and your grace, as we walk with you, uh, you walk with us. And we thank you, Lord, that you have complete access to our children. We pray in gratefulness for your mercy and your protection. We ask you send your angels around them. 
we ask, Lord, that you give us wisdom in each individual household, which of these many technical devices and tools would you like us to use in what ways? Please help us to be good friends to one another. We pray, Lord, for the safety of our kids and for our kids' friends, and really for all kids. Thank you for Yvonne and her colleagues and people who are uh, working to stay ahead of uh, people who would do evil. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. We pray that you would give us your wisdom and your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all so much. Nancy, do you have, are these, okay, these are the two people. Uh, Erica and Erica. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Erica, Erica wins a book and Dave, Dave Hatai wins a book. So you can tell me whether you want a hard copy or a digital copy. Okay? Thanks for coming. Yvonne is still here. Yes, oh yes. Hospitality saved food for you. Your kids are upstairs in room three. Yvonne, this is from the prayer thing. Oh, thank you. This is from, thank you. Thank you so much. I know, but thank you anyway.